If you're a physician who wants more autonomy in how you practice or fulfillment in your life, you're in the right place. This is the Change Physician Podcast, where our guests reveal how you can learn the mindsets, skills, and strategies to create the life you want without selling out your morals or values. But before we begin, I want to remind you of the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you at thechangephysician.com. This is The Change Physician, episode 228. Hey folks, welcome back to The Change Physician. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Kukaro with my amazing co-host, Dr. Melissa Cady and our fantastic returning guest, Dr. Corey Fawcett. Hey, Corey, how are you? I'm great today. All <laughs> right. And we specifically had to have uh, Dr. Fawcett back on because he had a new book that came out actually within the last three months or so. There's one I have been waiting for, for since the last time we talked to you, which I think was a year ago. And it is a guide to loving your timeshare, how to get the most for your money and family fun and experiences. And what I loved about this book, and actually when you planted the seed, when you told us you were writing this book, is the fact that there is um, so much information out there about timeshares. Most of it is negative. And you are literally one of the first people that I have ever talked to that said, oh, it's like the greatest thing in the world. And we had a brief discussion last time. I think we were off off camera and off podcast regarding that. Um, but as soon as you were talking, I'm like, I have to get this book because it was a very unique way, way of thinking about timeshares. So could you just kind of give us a little bit of background on your experience with timeshares? What led you to write this book and um, what anything else really particularly relevant for an intro where you think this is where really important for people to understand. Okay. So I, I bought my timeshare when I was a resident physician. Uh, it was my final year of residency and uh, I didn't know anything about timeshares and I made stupid mistake when I first started that hopefully no one who reads my book will ever make that mistake that I did. But I, I was uh, vacationing with my wife at uh, in New Orleans, where they were currently remodeling and building this timeshare. And they were offering this uh, buggy ride around New Orleans for, for free. And it was like $25. And to a resident getting a free $25 or something, that's a big deal. So I thought, hey, if we just go listen to these guys for a few minutes and then we can get out of here, and we can get our free buggy ride and save ourselves some money. Well, unfortunately, that turned into the most expensive buggy ride I've ever been in my life. Um, we went in there and my wife, who's very frugal, uh, I knew was going to save us because this is expensive. So there's no way. I mean, we had a rule in the house. If it was more than 100 bucks, we had to talk about it before we spent the money. Right. So I knew she was going to save us and, and I was waiting for the end of this thing and just to say no and get my buggy ride. And uh, he looks to us and he says, so what do you think? And I looked to my wife and to save us and get out of here. And she said, sounds good to me. And my, <laughs> my jaw just dropped to the floor because she never says anything like that. Um, and I just kind of looked at the guy and says, if she wants it, we're getting it. Wow! <laughs> and we bought this this timeshare full price. Um, mm. uh, we paid, uh, and you don't want to do that. You can get timeshares for free, so don't pay full <laughs> price uh, to do that. But I didn't know any better. And when we got home, and, and I talked to her more about it, I said, "Why did you do that? Why did you say this was okay when you're such cheap about everything else?" And she said, "Because I know you're a workaholic." And we are about to start your job as a attending physician. And this is going to force us to take a nice vacation every year. 
In fact, the one we bought would force would get us to take two vacations every year. It was a special lockout unit, which is something I'd advise you to look for. So we bought one, but we can trade it for two. And did, so we were going to get two good vacations a year. Did you know that when you bought it, though? Yes, um, we knew it was a lockout unit. We knew we were going to pay a little bit extra for a lockout unit, but that gave us double the vacations. But I mean, how did you know? I mean, because because having been on a time share movie, a couple of these, and I remember I was a medical student when we were on ours, and mm -hmm. um, thank good we they knew we didn't have any money, so like just say you don't have any money, and we'll just let you out of this thing. I'm like okay, <laughs> but um, but that's pretty savvy. Our did I mean did the 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 present presenter talk about that about and, and what a lockout? Could you explain yes. what a lockout unit is and things um, like? So what a lockout unit is, is, is it's a two, we have a two bedroom, two bath unit that has one of those doors in between like two hotel rooms and they have a connecting door. Mm -hmm. And if you have both of the units, you open that door and you have a two bedroom, two bath place, you close the door and you can trade this as two, one bedroom, one bath units. And so at, at the presentation, he was explaining, you could buy red weeks, you could buy white weeks, you can, you can buy more expensive ones, you can buy bigger ones, three bedrooms, you can buy lockouts. They, they explained all of these things. And I picked up on that lockout means I get two for one. So even if this is expensive, to me, it was expensive. Uh, two for one is 50% is, is off is how I was, I was figuring it. And so uh, I went, went for that one. And that was 30 years ago. And we have experienced a marvelous 30 years of using our timeshares. Um, we've been all over the world. Uh, I've never actually stayed in the timeshare in, in uh, New Orleans that we purchased. Uh, and I recommend people don't stay at their own timeshare. That's the most expensive way you can use your timeshare is to stay in the one you bought. You get value for making trades. But in those 30 years, we've had such a great experience and every time I'd hear somebody say something negative about timeshares, they would usually also say something that wasn't even true. Mm -hmm. They would say something incorrect. And it was very clear to me that the people who were saying these things didn't actually know what they were talking about. And I think they were just repeating what they heard other people say, because it sounds right. Mm -hmm. And I kept hearing that over and over and, and, and kept looking at my experience and saying, but that's not how it works. So finally, in 2019, I kind of had enough of hearing all that stuff. I said, so you know what? Uh, it's like the old Lorax, Dr. Seuss Lorax thing, you know, where somebody's got to speak for the trees that were all getting cut down. I thought somebody's got to speak up for the timeshares because this is just not right. Uh, and there are a lot of physicians out there who are missing out on something great that they could have because they're believing these things that they hear. And so in 2019, I decided I'm going to write about my experience and show people how to actually use their timeshare to great effect. And maybe this will change people's lives. And the reason you waited so long is because the book was supposed to be released in the spring of 2020, when the entire uh, vacation industry was shut down with the pandemic. And we thought, this is a really dumb time to release a vacation book. And so the book just sat uh, and then I wrote another book in the interim. That book was released. And then finally, we came out this year and says, okay, people are vacationing again. Let's get the word out. And so there's a lot of things in the book that, that there's a whole chapter where I say, you know, silly things that people say about timeshares that are not true. 
And, and I just, I, I just actually Googled stuff on the internet and got all these quotes that were floating around all over that aren't even true. Uh, and I wrote the, the antithesis to what they were saying, you know, this is not true. This is, this is the truth. Uh, and that was a really cool chapter. And then another chapter, I walked around and interviewed people at the swimming pool, uh, mm. about their experience with their timeshare. And, and I asked every single one of these people, uh, in those three weeks that I did those interviews, did you get good value for your money? And 100% of them said, Yes. I was blown away by that. I expected with all the negative out there, people talking about how expensive timeshares are, that uh, that I would get some, at least some people that said that, they, no, no, I thought it was too expensive. But not one single person thought they overpaid for the experiences that they were getting. And that mirrored my experience. This year, you know, I own this one week, but I went on eight weeks of timeshare vacations this year and I averaged just over $300 a week in cost. And that's about, oh, that's less than I would pay if I stayed at a Motel 6 mm. uh, when I went on these trips. So I'm getting these great bargains and, and all those people around the pool are getting great bargains and they were all happy. And I came to the conclusion that the unhappy people are the people who just aren't using it and never figured out how to use it. It didn't come with instructions. And they're sitting at home griping about the fact that they've got this great thing and it just sits there and it costs some money every year as if they had purchased a Ferrari and put it in their garage, but they didn't have a driver's license and they're paying insurance on that Ferrari every year, but they never get to go drive it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I try, I'm trying to get the word out that the, one of the ideal people to own timeshares is physicians and they should be doing this. They should be having this great experience like I'm having. And so hopefully people will find this thing and learn the truth about timeshares. And then they can make their decision as an informed decision. Uh, like I would do with, when I was doing surgery, you need informed consent. Unfortunately, most people are only getting a bunch of people telling them what's wrong with timeshares. Uh, and most of that's actually wrong anyway. And no one was telling them what's right. And so now they can see both sides and they can decide for themselves. Well, you're, you're enticing me to look at timeshares. Go ahead, Kevin. <laughs> well, I, well, I was saying, I'm going to, I'm going to just add in there. You've had such positive experience with timeshares, but what I also really liked about the book, it was very balanced because you even have in the appendices, uh, a list of questions that you should ask yourself or your spouse or whoever's involved with this purchase and, and a criteria. And, and, and you're very, if you say no on these, you probably shouldn't, or you, you really should not buy a timeshare or, or get a timeshare. And I, I really appreciate that because, you know, I think part of the problem is this is timeshares are sold so aggressively on location with, you know, all this fluffy stuff and they get people who, who, as you talk about in the book, are simply not good timeshare purchasers. So could you kind of go into that a little bit more? Like who is, who is not, who, who are timeshares not the right person right. for? So and then time, there's two big things that are getting all the negative publicity about timeshares. They're aggressive sales techniques that they use and they use them on me and it worked. <laughs> or maybe it worked on my wife. I don't know what, but anyway, that aggressive sales technique actually gets timeshares sold. And the second thing is because of the aggressive technique, the wrong people buy them. And then those people are those people who can't use them. Like, like the person who doesn't actually have a driver's license, but buys a Ferrari. Mm -hmm. That's silly. 
you, you shouldn't do that. And so some of the things that, that, that make you an, a non-ideal person, here, there are three criteria that the timeshares salesmen want. This is their criteria for you owning a timeshare. You're over 25, you're married, and you got enough money to make the payments on their timeshare they're selling. If you fit those three criteria, they want to sell a timeshare to you. The problem is none of those are the criteria that I list in my book that, that you should have if you want to own a timeshare. To talk about some of those, one of them is you got to have enough vacation time to actually use your timeshare. <laughs> there are a lot of people in this country uh, and around the world who have two weeks or less of vacation. If you've only got two weeks vacation and you want to go visit your parents and you've got a class reunion and you may have some other thing you wanted to do or you wanted to go on this cruise or something, where is it you're going to fit in your timeshare? You don't have the bandwidth. You don't have the vacation time to actually use this vacation. And what you're purchasing is the right to, to use these vacations uh, at a discount. Uh, you get a great, great price uh, to use them. But if you don't have enough vacation time to use them, they're just going to sit and you're going to gripe at the water cooler about how you got this timeshare and it's useless. Well, it's, it's not the timeshare's fault. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have enough vacation to go on these vacations and you paid for them anyway, that's not the timeshare's fault. But you probably fell for these slick salesmen, which you should avoid like the plague. Uh, <laughs> I was just on one of these interviews and somebody asked me, the, the, the interviewer asked me this question. So what do I do when I'm going to this meeting what, when they're trying to sell me the timeshare? What am I supposed to be looking for? And I said, well, the first thing you're supposed to look for is you weren't supposed to go to the meeting. Don't get yourself uh, in, uh, at a table with a salesman like that because uh, they can sell you anything. Uh, they're good at it. So, so you should never go there. So the other thing that makes uh, bad timeshare owners are people who don't have enough money to take an upscale vacation. If you are a family of five and you're going to take your, let's say you're going to take your kids to Orlando and stay at the timeshare and go to Disney stuff, you're going to need five airplane tickets. You're going to probably need a car rental. You're going to need Disney tickets for five people for a week. You're going to be spending several thousand dollars, uh, even if the housing was free. And I just stayed in Orlando for a week for 199 bucks uh, at my five-star timeshare with all of its amenities. So if you don't have the money to do all the other things that go with taking a nice vacation, you shouldn't be buying a timeshare because you're not going to use it. You're going to say, I, I can't afford to do it this year, and you'll skip this year, but you still got to make the maintenance fees. Um, you have to be flexible. There's a lot of people that have a very, very, very specific vacation idea, and if they can't have that, they're going to be unhappy. Okay? Like, I want to go to Lahaina on the island of Maui in Hawaii on February 3rd. Okay, now timeshare uh, inventory is much more limited than hotel inventory. So if you were just going to stay at a hotel, there's odds, good odds you could get one like that. But for the timeshare to make your trade, somebody has to have deposited that so you can trade for it. And when I was writing the book and I brought up that, that question, I actually looked at it right then. Okay, if I wanted to do that, what's the deal? And I, there was nothing available. But if instead you be flexible and you tell yourself, 
why do I want to go to Lahaina? Because I want to go to a warm beach where I can buy those frou-frou drinks with the umbrellas on them and, and have fun playing in the warm water. Okay. If that's what you wanted, then search for that and say, I want to go to a tropical beach uh, in um, the winter, January or February. Uh, what's available. And so then I searched for that and I found about 400 choices that you could go to. All of them were every bit as nice as going to Lahaina. The problem was you knew Lahaina and you knew then that was going to be a good one. So you decided that's where you're going to go again. And then you become disappointed. But if you'd have told yourself, I loved being at a warm beach, that's what I'm after then you could have been happy at lots of places. There's places all over the Caribbean, Mexico, France, Spain, the Canary Islands. There's lots of places with these nice warm beaches. So you have to be a person who's flexible. And if you love hacking, if you're one of those guys who hacks credit card points to get free miles on your airplanes, timeshares, timeshare hacking is incredible. Because with my one week, if I took hacking to the ultimate, I could go on vacation every single week of the year to a timeshare with that one week that I own. If I really took hacking to the extreme, hmm. what the reality is, I, I'm not going to go to that many in a year. Cause I also own a motorhome and I like to do cruises and i like to be at home part of the time. Uh, so I, I tend to average around six, seven, eight weeks a year now uh, for timeshares. Hmm. So I got I two qualifiers there. Um, and the first one is, uh, we're going to need to talk about like what you're with the trading. So we haven't really discussed trading at all. So, mm -hmm. because if someone is listening to this and they're just like, well, what are you talking about timeshares and trading and not staying at your own unit? Um, if we can kind of ex explain what you mean by that, like, how do you use a timeshare without going to your timeshare? And then the second thing, which should probably come after that, but, um, it has it's more of a detail on when you're searching for these properties because i remember reading that section in your book where you're talking about well being flexible and looking at the beach you know it's like you just want to go to a beach vacation and if you're flexible then locations uh, kind of are out there what i was kind of wondering is when when you we talk about how you bank points and how and how you do that when you're searching the listings can you actually search for beach or like for the resort locations by kind of geographic, like oceanfront or do you, you understand what I'm saying is like, yes, yes. You're searching for beach so that you're not looking at Florida and then having to look at Hawaii and then having to look at Mexico versus just being able to go through these listings and saying beach and then all of them come up. Right. So let me uh, talk to you just a little about trading and I think it'll hit how you do that uh, okay. when, we, when we say that. So the most expensive way you can use your timeshare is to use yours. Okay, let me give you an example. So my timeshare, uh, if I use it, then for, for this year, 2022, if I had gone to my timeshare, I have now used my timeshare for the week and I'm done. I'm done with trading. I have nothing to trade, right? I'm finished. But if I deposit my timeshare into what I use is a company called RCI, Resort Club International, and they do the brokerage of, of trading timeshares around. So you become a member of that group, and that costs about 80 bucks a year, something like that, to be a member, a trading member in their group. And now you have 4,000 timeshares to, to swap with, okay? 
So now my timeshare has a point value and I can trade it as two and I end up getting about 67 points for my timeshare deposit when I put it in the pool. So I, I deposit it into RCI and now I can pick something out of the pool. When I choose something, some places are on sale. There's their regular price. Like for mine, my regular price is something like, you know, 33 points. That's a typical place. And I got two of them. So I'm in the 60s uh, for the points I have. But um, so let's say it's at regular price. It's at 30. So I can trade and I can get two of those this year and go to those, those vacations when I make my trade. But if, if a timeshare is building a new one and they're trying to suck people into their place so that you, they can maybe sell you another timeshare, they might discount their trade down all the way to three points. And so instead of getting one place for 30 points, I could go to 10 different weeks of places that are discounted at three points. <laughs> and, and now I, I've got 60 points. So I could go to 20 vacation weeks if I just looked for the super discounted ones. And those are not, they're not discounted because they're not great places. They're discounted because they want to get people there to sell you stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like Las Vegas subsidizing their hotel rooms. So if they can get you there, they can get you to gamble and spend money, but they got to get you there. And so they'll discount them way down. So you can get these super bargains. If you go someplace in the off season, they won't charge you as many points for that trade. So uh, you can, for instance, a ski resort during ski season has high points to trade. But in the summer, they have equally fun things to do. They're just not snow skiing. Uh, they, they, they trade for less points. So you can look for bargains. So when you're looking, you can give it some search parameters. You just don't have a big long list of 4,000 places to look at. You got to narrow it down. You can narrow it down to what part of the, the world you want to be in. And, and you can get that really narrowed down specifically. Like if you say the United States, uh, that can be narrowed down into about 20 different regions. So you, you, you look at the region you want, you give it the, the dates available because the timeshare, once you deposit it, it's, it's got, you've got like a three-year window to pick something. So you don't want to look at all three years. You want to go someplace in January or February. Then you put those date parameters and say, I'm looking for what's available. Let's say you wanted to go to, we were talking ahead of time about Puerto Vallarta. I've been there, I think, three times, each time to kind of a different place. But um, so you want to go to, say, Puerto Vallarta and you want to go in January or February. So you tell it Puerto Vallarta area. Uh, in January, February, what do you got? And it'll show you, you know, maybe eight different ones and they each have a different point value and they've got a different number of bedrooms and different amenities at each place. And you pick the one you like, you just click on the button and you've made your trade. <laughs> but you can also tell it kinds of vacations you want. Mm. Do you want to be on the beach? Do you want to be in the mountains? Do you want to be snow skiing? Do you want to be on a lake? Do you want something that's super family friendly? You know, so there's probably, I'm going to guess, 20 of those co categories that you can ask for. Um, but usually for me, just narrowing down kind of where I want to go is often what I'm doing. Like, ah, I want to go somewhere in Hawaii. 
Uh, and then I would see what's available. And if nothing's there, then I would say, well, what about the Caribbean? You know, I get kind of an area when I search, but you could just search for beaches. Hmm. I want beaches January through February and show me what's available. And you're going to get beaches from the Canary Islands near Spain to, to uh, the Spanish beaches, uh, the French Riviera, all through the Caribbean, um, Mexico, Belize, Panama, you know, all of those things, Hawaii, uh, beaches are all over the world. And so you can really narrow down exactly what kind of vacation you want to take and get something like that. But again, if you try to be way too specific, um, you may be disappointed. And, and I am really specific sometimes, mm -hmm. like last summer. Last summer, my wife and I wanted to go explore the Lake Michigan. We've never been to that area. So we wanted to do four weeks back-to-back -back timeshares in Lake Michigan area. So I needed timeshares that connected. Mm -hmm. This one ends on this date. This one starts on this date somewhere in that area and so now i was super specific about where i wanted to be and in order to do that i took a few lesser quality timeshares than i normally would go to because they i was really date specific i wanted to be right there and have them be back to back and i was able to find four back-to-back -back timeshares around lake michigan uh, and put them together for the trip but i'm not usually that specific uh-huh you're on, you're muted, Melissa. <laughs> Is that a good thing? <laughs> yeah. I don't sometimes, know. <laughs> sometimes he wants me to push that button. Um, Maybe he's pushing it for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm curious because I just came from a trip in Australia, New Zealand. Do you find op options there too? Or do you find it's more centralized into like um, Europe or um, Caribbean, that area as far as options? Um, there are more options where people have more money. So the United States and Europe tend to have way more options than say Africa. Mm -hmm. um, sure. But there are still lots of, you said New Zealand and Australia, there's still lots of options in New Zealand and Australia. Yeah. This is the cool thing. Uh, wherever a lot of people go, somebody wants a timeshare there because yeah. they're going to make money selling you a place to be. Somebody's going to put a hotel there. And so what we have started doing now that we're retired is exploring uh, instead of, and, and this is something new for us too, instead of saying, I want to go to this kind of vacation, I would say, I want to go somewhere in February, what's around? And mm -hmm. I'm just picking a place that I've never heard of. Yeah. I've never been there before. But the thing is, if somebody put a timeshare there, there's something in that area that draws a lot of people mm -hmm. and you're going to discover it when you get there. And so when we went to the Great Lakes, for instance, we, we picked some timeshare locations um, that we found. We knew nothing about what was in those areas. And we did not do a lot of research ahead of time. We just showed up, walked over to that room with all of the pamphlets of all the things to do in the area and got the local guide. And we discovered some really cool stuff. And nice. I would have never gone. One of those places was in South Bend, Indiana. <laughs> if I had said, I would like, I'm going to do a vacation. I'm going to go to South Bend, Indiana. I would have said, no, I, I don't want to go there because there, there's nothing ever told me that I should be at South Bend, Indiana, like there is telling me to go to Orlando. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I discovered some really cool stuff when we got there. There's a timeshare there and it's there for a reason. 
that's where Notre Dame is. Mm -hmm. I, I got to tour the campus of Notre Dame. I didn't know where they were. I finally figured out why Notre Dame football team has gold helmets because I saw the gold dome and in, in the main building at Notre Dame. And that's what it's, it's all about. And, and then I found out we're right in um, Amish territory mm. and we got to go do a bunch of Amish things and learn about the Amish people. And, and uh, we even had dinner in an Amish home uh, mm -hmm. while we were there. And so, I would have never said, I want to go on a vacation to South Bend, Indiana, mm -hmm. yeah. but because there was a timeshare there and it fit into what we needed to match up some places to stay, we went and we had a great time and we discovered all kinds of cool stuff in that area. That's where the Studebaker auto plant was. And, and there's, we toured the Studebaker museum and there's just, just, there's cool history almost everywhere. And if they built a timeshare there, there's something there that you need to see. Yeah. So here's the question. If someone's not thrown into this, this salesy situation to be sold like you were a timeshare, someone who's just hearing maybe this episode and thinking, well, how do I find out where I can buy timeshares or what's the best place to go find them? What would you say? So what you want to do is you're going to buy a timeshare on the secondary market. There are lots of timeshares for sale by people who shouldn't have bought one. And the salesman talked them into it and they bought it. And after three years of not being able to use it because they just didn't have enough vacation time and enough money and this didn't really work out right, um, they're disgruntled and they're trying to get rid of their timeshare, okay? So just like there's a brokerage company to trade timeshares, there's brokerage companies to sell them amongst yourselves. And so in, in the back of my book, I actually have an appendix listing a whole bunch of these companies. Um, probably the most known one is a company called Red Week. Uh, Red Week's business is to help you sell your timeshare. Mm. Uh, and so you would go to Red Week as an example. Let's say you were going to choose them. Um, you got to sign up for Red Week. So you, they got to get your email address. That's <laughs> kind of the the penalty for using them, but um, they, they'll get in there and then you can search for a timeshare and you can buy them for as little as zero uh, yeah. or a dollar. Um, more likely you're going to be paying, you know, a thousand dollars, $1,500 for a timeshare as opposed to $30,000. Um, a, a good example, there, there's a quote in my book uh, about a guy who I met when I was walking around the swimming pool and interviewing people for their tips and tricks. And he said, he was once in a timeshare presentation in Hawaii, and they said, uh, it's $95,000 to buy this timeshare. And so he said, wow, that's a lot of money. And he pulls his phone out and he punches a few things and he says, but this guy's selling the same timeshare for $2,500. Why would I pay you $95,000 if I could buy it from this guy for $2,500? And the salesman, of course, was not happy. I think they're way not happy that people have cell phones during their presentation. They can actually look up these timeshares and see that there are other people who've fallen for the $95,000 deal and, and later said, oh, I got to get out of this. Uh, I can't use it. it. It's just, it's not going to work for me. They weren't one of the people who met, the, met my criteria at the end of the book to, to, to be a happy timeshare owner. Uh, and they're selling them. So there are multiple companies that do these selling brokerages. One of the things you really want to avoid is companies that are timeshare exit companies. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Um, those people are they're trying to help you sell your timeshare. They're not helping other people buy a timeshare. If you're looking to buy, you won't be involved with those. But once you own one, those people will be contacting you, trying to get you to, to, to them to help you sell your timeshare. Those guys are not really helpful. Uh, but you, if you're going to sell yours, you want to go to one of these reputable companies that buys and sells the stuff so that you can now sell yours to somebody else. And so you can get them for a very low value. And, and that, that brings up a, a, a mistaken notion I hear over and over where somebody says, oh, timeshares are a terrible investment. Well, since when does vacationing come in the investment column on your mm. budget? Uh, timeshares aren't an investment at all. You're just prepaying your vacation experience and you're buying yourself into the club. So you can take advantage of the trading and you can take advantage of, you can rent these. Once you're in the club, you don't have to just trade. If I've traded all mine and I'm out of points, I can now pay some money and get some of them that are still in the pool and, and get, get those at a very uh, discounted price. So you get, that's part of how you can get a whole year's worth of timeshares because you can buy them as you need them. Uh, I met one lady at the pool who she does, you know, other people say, oh yeah, you don't want a timeshare. You should own like an Airbnb, you know, that, or you should trade into Airbnbs. Okay. Well, this lady owns an Airbnb and what she does is when anybody, her Airbnb is her home. And when somebody rents her Airbnb from her at some high price she then buys a week at the, the timeshare that's near her and goes stays there for pennies and she makes hundreds and she makes enough money on that deal to pay for all of her timeshare expenses for her life <laughs> and, and some so it costs a whole lot more money to be using airbnbs than it does to be using timeshares uh and you get a better deal usually the airbnb has a really nice facility because you're staying in somebody's house but it has nothing for amenities you're just at the house that's it but when you go to the timeshare they've got all kinds of activities and and free things you can use they got they might have a lake there and you just walk down to the shore in the lake and put yourself in a canoe and go for a canoe ride they've got you know uh it's it just it's incredibly improved uh, when i go to a cme event or used to, I don't do those anymore now that I'm retired. But when I go to a CME event, I would always look to see if there was a timeshare nearby at the same time. Mm -hmm. Because what I would do is I'm going to write my trip off to go to the CME event. And then when the event's done, either before or after it, I'm already there. I'll spend a week of vacation at the timeshare. So I had a one weekend deal in Hollywood. I was going to this weekend CME thing. And I found a nearby timeshare at um, Big Bear Lake. I'd never heard of Big Bear Lake. I don't know what Big Bear Lake is, but I've already learned that if there's a timeshare there, I will like it. There's stuff there, okay? <laughs> and so we went to Big Bear Lake and we found out that Big Bear Lake is where the people in LA go to get away from it all. It's up in the mountains. You can go ski in there in the winter and the summer it's on a lake. I mean, it's a, it was a really, I thought I was in Europe. It was very European feel, the little town. That was there. So we spent a week there at this place with two bedrooms, a living room, a fireplace, a kitchen, all the amenities on the lake and could walk out and catch the, the lift to take me up and hike up in the mountains. 
dry the lift back down. You know, it was a really cool week. Then I went to the place in Hollywood. And what I had was a hotel, one little room with a bathroom, and it had one chair at a table for, for a desk. And it cost me as much money to park my car as it did for me to stay at the timeshare that I had been at. Parking the car was expensive at this hotel. And so I had this rinky-dink, tiny little space for way more money than I was paying for a beautiful place with a fireplace and a kitchen and a living room. Um, and so that was a great contrast to the difference between if you stay in a hotel versus stay at a timeshare. And so, you know, there's some really cool things you can do, but, but all you got to do is own one and then you're in the club. You can trade, you can buy available extra vacations. Um, you could even rent yours out. Some people have timeshares at very important moments in, in the country, like the Daytona 500 race. They own a timeshare there in Daytona. Okay. You could rent your bedroom out for $2,000 a day during the Daytona 500. And these guys make a killing renting their timeshare out during the Daytona 500. And so they own one timeshare there and they own another timeshare someplace else. And they always rent out the Daytona one for a bunch of cash that pays for all the rest of their vacationing. Wow. One last question related to this. How do you feel, how do you, like, it's a non-tangible kind of, you say you're part of the club, but how do you know, like, legitimately, legally, like, this is like, this is really something you have. Like, it just seems like something that is, you just, I guess, have, uh, you log in, you have this membership thing and it shows you and you apply it. Like, how do you know this is legit? I don't know. Um, there's two, two different kinds of timeshares that you buy. Some of them are just some points in their system. Mm -hmm. And that's what you just described. I own some points and I'm, I can trade them. And others are actually a deed to a piece of property. Mm -hmm. I actually own a deed to a piece of property. I actually own a particular week a particular unit at a particular building in New Orleans, and I have a deed for that piece of property. So I have a tangible piece of ownership of something. Mm -hmm. So you, you should buy the one that makes you feel better. If you need a tangible piece of, of um, uh, a deed to the property to, to think I really have something I'm trading, uh, you can get those uh, if you don't care about that. And, and, and the thing is, you got to really trust that the system that's selling it to you, you're buying, if you're buying from Red Week, they're reputable, been there a long time, they do this all the time. They already know that this was legit, they've checked it out before they're selling it. Uh, and then the, the final step you take is you actually talk to the company that you're buying that timeshare at like my place if you if i sold you mine then you would want to contact my timeshare in new orleans and tell them i'm buying Corey fawcett's timeshare this week this thing he's really owns it right and now i really own it right and and you you find out that you're now the owner of those weeks and they are now sending you all the the information and and the bill uh, every year to keep it up. Uh, whatever building you own, you have upkeep charges. Um, people complain about that. That's another, all oh, those maintenance fees. They're so awful. Yeah, but 
anything that you own will have some sort of a upkeep fee. Mm -hmm. If you owned a, um, a vacation home somewhere on the beach, think about what your upkeep fees are. And every year they're going up. Uh, your insurance is going up every year. Every year, your property tax goes up. Uh, every year, the costs of fixing something or replacing the, the um, chair in the living room goes up. So you would expect that, that whatever fee you have to maintain the place will slowly climb uh, with time. That's a, a, a given. Uh, and so if you buy your timeshare in a high cost of living area, expect that maintenance fee to be much higher than if you bought it at South Bend, Indiana, <laughs> where it'll be much lower. Yeah, makes sense. Kevin, I'm sorry, I just like usurped the time there to ask nope. questions. It's all good because I felt I was usurping the time in the beginning asking <laughs> specific questions. Now, Are I, just, I usurping all the time? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, we're usurping your time because you're the one who has all the talking that was going on. But what I, what I really liked about this is because you kind of said early on is there's a specific criteria that you need to have as as a purchaser, right? And you know, one of these is you don't you. This is not an investment, like you said. This is not like you're you're expecting appreciation or anything like that. So you're going in, and what you're really doing is kind of optimizing your vacation strategy. Um, and with that, Good way to put it, yeah. It, what I, and when, with that, what I want to, which touched on, I think you said it, but I don't think you emphasized it enough. Is is really being, let me say, is 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 planning your vacations because you're at the point now where you you can be much more um, spontaneous. Like you said, you can just say, I'm going to look for something here or whatever. But say earlier in your career, when you're taking your week and you're depositing it, there's something in the book about how doing that early and what are the advantages of deposit? Could you kind of about that? Like okay. what is this yeah. depositing thing a little bit more? So when you deposit your week, um, you now have the rights to pick one that's in, in, the, in the pool, Okay. The earlier you deposit your week, the better points you get. The closer you get to the day that it's actually going to expire, the lower value they'll give you to trade with it because you have fewer options available. So you want to deposit your week way early. So I would deposit my week two years before that week's use time. Now I can pick things out of the pool. And I always know... I was a surgeon, so I've got to deal with a call schedule and a bunch of other people in the call schedule. And so the way I worked my vacations then was I always booked my timeshares more than a year in advance. And so the call schedule isn't out more than a year in advance. And I would figure where I wanted to go. You know, I want to do, we want to do something in, in August say, and then we want to do something in February and we want to do something in, in spring break. Okay. So, so we would get those things booked well in advance. Okay. And now when it came time, okay, we're making up the call schedule for next year. I would turn in the weekends that I am not available because I already have vacation scheduled. Okay. And now they make up the call schedule around my vacation plans. A lot of the other doctors wouldn't do that. They would say, well, I don't know what I want to do next year. Well, I didn't either. I just picked something and said, that's what we will do. We just made a decision, said, we're going to do this. I, I don't really know if I'm going to feel like that when that time comes, but we're going to go on a nice vacation. Um, and so a lot of the doctors would I'd get a call. One guy was particularly bad about that. And he'd say, 
hey, can you cover for me in three weeks for that weekend? Because I'm going to go to this. Um, I remember one specifically. Can you cover for me that weekend? Because I have this wedding to go to. <laughs> I had talked to his wife six months ago about that wedding. He's known for six months that he had to be gone that weekend. And he waited until three weeks before the weekend to tell me he'd like me to cover his call. And I said, well, you know, if you'd asked me six months ago, of course I could have done that. But now I have plans for that weekend also. And so I can't take your call. And so this advantage of being able to plan your vacations well in advance uh, is something that, that is very useful for timeshares. Uh, if you have a job, for instance, that limits your ability to have a vacation, uh, some, some companies that people work for they'll shut down for two weeks in the summer and they say everybody's on vacation and you, that's your two week vacation. And that's that. And you don't get any other vacation. That kind of person shouldn't be having a timeshare. Um, you need to have that flexibility that I can look ahead and plan my vacations. And then I can tell the people I'm working with, this is when I'm going to be busy and you guys can do the same. Uh, and it usually works out just fine. And then they make the call schedule later. So, um, Yes, now I can do it at last minute, but I don't, mm. I still don't do it at last minute. Uh, occasionally that happens. And the reason I don't do it at last minute is because there are other problems with last minute stuff. Like if it's someplace I got to fly to, now I'm trying to get a last minute airplane flight. Mm. And that's <laughs> problematic um, sometimes, depending on, on the time. Sometimes it's, it works out just fine. But if the timeshare is someplace close, if you live close to lots of timeshare, if you live in Florida, Florida is just covered with timeshares. You can do that because you can drive to probably 400 different timeshares on, on the spur of a moment. You don't have to worry about airplane tickets. And I learned that hack from a friend of mine who lives in Florida, and that's how he takes cruises. He says, I'm going to go on a cruise next week. And so he just, he's retired and, and he would just find out what cruise line has something going out of Fort Lauderdale uh, next week. And if they're leaving next week, they've discounted it way down. They want those rooms filled because you'll buy other stuff when you're there. And so he can get a last minute cruise at a super cheap price. Timeshares work the same way. Last minute timeshares, they're still available for next week. Are available. There's a lot of three, four, five, six, ten point timeshares available for next week, uh, but you have to have the ability to get there next week. If if I live on the on the west coast and I'm thinking about Florida, um, I might not be able to get a good airplane ride to Florida next week. Mm -hmm. So timeshares, uh, it's good to to think ahead. And, and that's like you talking about the call schedule is particularly ideal for physicians with busy schedules. And just, it just reminds me, we didn't have a timeshare, but my wife and I going through residency, we were both residents. We had four weeks of vacation. We would literally submit our vacation requests the first day of the new year of the cycle so that we were guaranteed that we could be able to be together. Cause they, you know, I don't, my residency director would always say, well, if you wait to the last minute, you may not even be able to take a vacation if there's no coverage. Right. And that, and I'm like, I remember that was like scary to me. And it, it kept happening every year to other people because they just wouldn't plan. But it was, it's, I just like, I like this idea because now you're depositing your week two years in advance it allows you now to basically structure in a very nice way for a, a profession that has cut some rigid boundaries when you get closer and closer to a date. You can now carve out that time 
provide, you know, provide your, your break from very busy, busy clinical practices. And then you have all that anticipation and the work that goes into it. Cause it's actually, an, it amplifies the whole vacation experience where you're like, Oh, I know I'm going to have this break in three months. Or, I know I'm going to have this. So I, I, I wish I had known about this, you know, 20 years ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I tell you, interesting, interesting vacation experience for me when I was a resident. I, my brother was getting married in, I don't, I don't remember exactly, I think it was February. And in the summer, I was supposed to be on an away rotation at another uh, place for this, that, that month. And I told them six months in advance, I need to be gone that weekend for my, my brother's wedding. And so I get there six months later and I'm on call that weekend. Okay. I gave them a six month notice and they said, no problem. I'm on call that weekend. So I go into the chief of surgery's office and I say, I, I, there's a problem here because I told you guys six months ago, I wasn't going to be here this one weekend of the rotation, everything else I'm, I'm here. You can put me on call every day for the whole rest of the time, but that one weekend I got to be gone. And my brother's getting married and he says, well, well, how, how much time do you need? I said, well, that weekend, he said, the whole weekend. I said, well, yeah, I'm part of the, I got to be there for the rehearsal. I, I'm yeah. The whole weekend. He said, well, we'll see what we can do. And I said, I don't think we're communicating well here. I'm not here in your office asking you for permission to be gone that weekend. I'm here letting you know that I won't be here and you put me on call. I'm not asking your permission. And I don't think there was another resident, his own residence would have never said that for fear of getting fired, but he couldn't fire me. And, and I was in the right. And I, I said, you know, I won't be here. Uh, you had ample ability to not have me not on call that weekend. Uh, and so they actually worked around it and didn't say a thing. Nice. But way in advance is, is got some great advantages. Please don't plan your vacations last minute. Yeah. The no, anticipation absolutely. thing is, is really cool too. You, you, mm -hmm. you hit on that, that you think about that vacation for a lot of time. Uh, and there's a lot of joy in that. Mm -hmm. And you miss that if you do the last minute stuff. Yeah. 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 You create more stress, actually kind of like ruin the whole anticipation part. If, if it's, too if it's too short notice and you're having like trying to get everything laid out right i, I think and you getting, miss out getting somebody to cover a call or yeah. getting, you know if, if you do it way in advance you take all of the stress out of uh, yeah. the, the trip yeah so it, and it, it seems like that's like the advantages about this for a physician is, is because of these two extremes is like early in your career when you have limited when you really have to schedule far out in advance this is an ideal thing for you to do and then when you're at the tail end or retired like you are it's also ideal because you could either plan or not plan or look at what you're, you know, you start to, doing more spontaneous stuff. It just, there's a, there, it requires creative thinking in order to use a timeshare effectively. And I think that's really like the key. What I loved about talking to you the first time and, and just reading your book is it is, it is creatively taking what mother, most other people, if they're so linear and focused and can't see beyond the blinders would see as, as a detriment and once you take those blinders off, this becomes a huge asset to really an enjoyable life. So I, I just love the book and I love talking to you about this stuff. Yeah, it, it, you, you can become just fabulous. That's, that's why it was so uh, unnerving to me. Every time I heard somebody say something incorrect, telling somebody else why they shouldn't have a timeshare and you just want to scream out, no, that's not the way it is. Um, and, and, and you can't. Uh, and, and nobody was, was speaking up there. 
you can have such a great time using this thing uh, if you know what to do. And, and just learning, there's something like 28 tips that I have in the book on how to uh, additional ways to make trades or get extra weeks uh, with your timeshare. And you only need to take a little bit of your time and learn the system of the place that you purchased. Everybody has a system. And if you just learn what their system is, it, it really is unnerving for me to talk to people who've owned timeshares for a while. And I say, well, do you do this? And they're looking at me like, I didn't know I could do that. And they've had a timeshare for 10 years. I, I actually met people who've had timeshares for 10 years who didn't know they could trade it. <laughs> they thought they had to go back to the same place they owned every year that week. And wow. no one ever told them when they were buying it that they could trade this for anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they didn't know. When I was interviewing people uh, at the pool, I ran into this lady who says, yeah, I've been doing it the way you're talking about my whole life. I've never been to mine. And I asked her, well, where is yours? And she told me where it was. It was in Hawaii in Honolulu. I said, oh, I've stayed at your place. And she said, well, where's yours? I told her where mine was in New Orleans. She says, well, I've stayed at your place. We had <laughs> stayed at each other's place and never had stayed in our own because that's way too expensive of a way to use it. Um, you want a timeshare hack, don't stay in your own place. Uh, you want to trade it around and get maximum value. You People who complain about the maintenance fee, let's say, so my maintenance fee is 700 and some dollars a year. I can't remember what it is. They change it every year a little bit. Um, and so I went to eight weeks of vacation this year. If I had stayed at my own place that one week, I would have paid $750 of maintenance fees for that week. Mm -hmm. But I went to eight, eight places. That meant I paid less than $100 a week in maintenance fee for my vacations. Hmm. That sounds like a bargain. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I recently went to a, a, a conference. You know, I remember I said, CMEs, I always look for a timeshare first. There's not always one available, but if I can get one, I save a fortune. So in September, I went to an event five days long in Orlando, and I checked for a timeshare first. I found one, a $9 Uber ride away from the, it was four miles from the, the hotel that they were having it out. If I stayed at that hotel, I could have had a hotel room for $12.50 for the five days. Instead, I stayed at a five-star resort four miles away for $199. Bucks. I saved more than $1,000 by staying in the timeshare instead of the hotel, got two extra days in the deal, and I saved enough money to buy my uh, first-class airplane, upgrade to first-class uh, so for the same money, I could have stayed at the hotel and ridden flew coach, or I could fly first class and stay in a five-star resort, same money, hmm. which would well, you pick? I picked the, the better deal. Yep. That sounds like fun to like wheel and deal this stuff. Like fine. Uh, oh, fine it is. Trip. That, that yeah. stuff's cool. Cause you know, so I'm going to, I know I'm going to Florida this particular time. So now I'm looking for a timeshare that could work instead of staying at the hotel. If I hadn't found one, then my fallback is to use the hotel that they're mm -hmm. having the event at. Okay, mm -hmm. so my fallback is to pay the $1,200. Um, but if I can find the timeshare, I save a fortune. And yeah. I've done that so many times at events that I was going to, even if, I, if the event was only two days and I had to trade for a week, I could trade for the week of the timeshare, only use two days of it and still save money. 
And so I would sometimes stay at a time. I, I have the place for a week and I only stayed there for two days. Uh, and I still uh, came out ahead. Nice. I love it. That's so awesome. great. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Kevin, any other questions before I know we've taken up, oh man, almost an hour or well, yeah. I mean, we could dissect the book talking. for good, but, but I'm going to just say, instead, I can talk uh, all night. If you guys yeah, have got nothing else to do today, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say basically is, is you guys get the book. I mean, literally it's, it's not an exhaustive read. I'm looking at it right now. It's about 125 pages long. It's packed full of stuff. And at a minimum, what it starts doing is it allows you to start thinking there differently about these things. And this is kind of what the change position is about is increasing awareness and really flexibility in your thinking so that you can take something um, and really amplify it. And this, so glad we finally got to talk to you, Corey. It has been, ex been wait, literally waiting for this for like a year now. Um, but tell us where we can find you and other things that you're involved with, because I, this is not your only book, although this is the one we're talking uh, about today. No, this is my sixth book. Uh, my book series, The Doctor's Guide, is also available, covers different parts. But everything you need to find out about me is at my website, financialsuccessmd.com. Uh, I'm on all kinds of social media places. If you go there, you can get dropped off to any of the other places you want to be. And follow my blog. Uh, every Thursday, a story comes out where I'm telling you something that I learned, some hack I've learned in my life that makes your life better as a physician or will make, make retirement easier or make your money better. Um, in this particular case, it's making your vacationing better. And buying that book for less than the cost of a pizza, you could save hundreds of thousands of dollars in your vacationing over the next few years. And, and you may even learn something that you'll apply to other parts of your vacationing, not just the timeshares, because I use those same hacks in other things, not just with my timeshare. So yeah, follow me and hopefully I can make your life better. I love it. Awesome. You want, to, you want me to take us out there, take Kevin? Us, take us out there, Captain. <laughs> All right, Corey. Well, thank you so much for joining us again on the Change Position podcast. For those of you listening out there, if you don't know what the Change Position is all about, please go check out thechangeposition.com. Become part of the community, whether you're a physician or a physician ally. And we'll look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Take care. Stay well, folks. Thank you for joining us today on the Change Position podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by going to thechangephysician.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you simply by joining the community at thechangephysician.com.